Can I ask you, where is making these excuses going to get you? You've already accepted that you've hit your peak. Then how do you expect to ever get any better? Welcome to the Dressage Connection podcast, where we are demystifying dressage training so your connection with your horse can flourish and you can start making sustainable momentum in your riding. I'm your host, Beth Carter, an Australian dressage trainer, coach, and the human behind BC Performance Horses with a passion for making correct dressage training understandable and accessible for every horse and rider. I believe that every horse benefits from dressage training, and I believe that it is possible to develop a horse that produces high quality work that scores well while still having an epic connection with your horse. I'm here to help you build foundations that will support you through the levels, own your role as your horse's trainer, and fall back in love with riding your horse. So put your foot in the stirrup, and let's build that dressage connection. Hello, welcome back to the Dressage Connection podcast. So this week I had a little look at my Spotify wrapped and yes, as usual, my top artist was Taylor Swift. She has been since 2008, but that's not why I'm bringing this up. I don't know if you know this, but Spotify also gives people like me who have our own podcasts, our very own wrapped, and it gives us statistics like the country we have the most listens in and our most listened to episode and how many people on Spotify have my podcast as their top 10 podcast or in their top five podcasts as well as how many people have this podcast as their number one podcast that they listen to on Spotify in 2023. So I was so humbled to find out that just on Spotify this podcast is the number one podcast for 11 people. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, not just to those people, but to the 42 people who have my podcast as one of their top five podcasts that they listen to on Spotify and to the 63 people who have this podcast as one of their top 10 podcasts that they listen to on Spotify. It may not sound like a lot to a lot of people. It may not sound like a lot of people, but to me, it's a lot um, because I'll be honest, I didn't know what to expect when I started this podcast back in May. I knew it was something that I wanted to do and it was a way to help riders on their journey, but I didn't really think past that. So I just want to say a really big thank you to all of you who have listened to the podcast this year and have been a part of the Dressage Connection journey. If you are one of the people who have me as your top podcast or as one as of your top five podcasts, then I would love it if you sent me a message on social media and I have that linked in the show notes with a screenshot of your wrapped before the end of 2023 because I want to give you a little something just to say thank you for being one of my top listeners. With all that said, let's get into the topic of today's podcast. Today, I want to tell you about the things that are holding you and your horse back from reaching your full potential. I feel like there's a lot of people in the horse industry, not just riders, that are very quick to throw excuses out there as to why horses aren't performing as they feel like they should. How many times have you said or heard people say things like, the horse just isn't good enough, the horse has bad confirmation, the horse just isn't talented enough, they're just like that. Maybe if they were an imported warm blood. The horse is just really bad at that movement. 
my horse just doesn't do that thing. Every time I ask my horse to do that thing, they react badly. So I don't ask them to do it anymore. The horse is just an insert, a slur that I probably shouldn't say on this podcast here. The horse is too old. The horse is too hot. The horse is too stiff. My horse doesn't listen to me. There are so many excuses. The list goes on and on and on. And it's just not, it's not just the horses that we make excuses for. You're pretty good at making excuses for yourself too. I'm just not a good enough rider. I don't have big goals, so it doesn't matter. I can't fix my position because of that weakness that I've had for years. I'm too old. I'm too busy. Again, the list goes on and on. Can I ask you, where is making these excuses going to get you? You've already accepted that you've hit your peak. Then how do you expect to ever get any better? Then because of this mindset, you prove yourself right and your progress becomes stagnant. Along the way, you make these little improvements that make you feel like, hey, I'm going somewhere. But at the end of the day, you're stuck on that same 20 meter circle, doing the same things, getting the same results. Then you tell yourself, I guess this is riding. This is what riding is like. Maybe if you were a professional who had spent years training overseas or had an imported warm blood from Europe, or if you could have, ha- could have a little more time to spend with your horse or a little more money, then maybe you could achieve the things you really want to achieve. Excuses. These are all excuses. This mindset of this is the way it is and I am incapable of changing it is holding you back from even coming close to your full potential. Because when you think that it's not going to get any better, then you're not going to put in the work to make it any better. It's this vicious cycle. If you don't think you're capable of scoring 70% in your dressage tests, then you're not even going to try to score 70% in your dressage tests. If you don't think your horse is capable of doing a flying change, then you're not going to do the work to train them to do a flying change. If you don't think you're able to straighten your shoulders because you broke your collarbone when you were 17 and your posture off the horse is crooked, then you're not even going to try. Okay, maybe you'll give it a quick go. And, you know, because deep down, You really do want to do these things, but when it doesn't immediately happen for you, you give up and you'll tell yourself, I told you you couldn't do it, then you won't try again. Can I let you in on a little secret? No one's journey with horses is smooth sailing. Every single horse and rider has weaknesses that we have to work through. I bought a mare in Germany and if you think that journey was easy... I'm going to have to do a whole podcast episode on that because she was the hardest horse I have ever ridden in my life. I could have said, well, she's not going to work through the connection. She's not going to bend through the body and she's going to rear every single time I ask her to do any of those things. So let's give up now. That's just the way it is. But I didn't. I trained that mare through sweat, tears and vertical rears to being able to produce all of the advanced work and do it damn well too. By the end, she was working through the connection. She was able to do a Gompre angle half pass, which required a lot of bend. And I developed tools to stop her rearing. Do you think I would have achieved those things if I had just accepted that I couldn't ride my horse through the contact or bend her? Hell no, I wouldn't have. 
The only reason I was able to bring out Quinta's potential through the levels is because I ignored the things going against us. I stopped making excuses and I made that success happen for us by believing it was possible and training it to be better. Don't get me wrong, there was a really long time where I avoided our training issues and I tried to progress without fixing these key training problems. And we would make a little progress. I would be happy in the moment. But that progress didn't feel like it was something that was in my control and it certainly wasn't sustainable for us. That progress was reliant on me successfully avoiding anything that would trigger Quinta into rearing vertical. If she decided that she did not want to do something, I had absolutely no cues installed to stop her from rearing and it sucked. I was feeling so lost and defeated and just kind of pretending that I was happy with how it was going when deep down I knew that I wasn't. And I was making a lot of those excuses that I told you about earlier. So what changed? I found a coach who was able to actually pinpoint the cause of Quinta's rearing problem and guide me while I trained her through them so that I no longer had to avoid the contact or the bend or whatever else I was avoiding. The experience was probably one of the most illuminating experiences I've ever had in my life. I was able to make these really subtle but highly impactful mindset shifts that allowed me to be able to just ride my horse how I needed to ride her to produce the best quality work that she was capable of. We went right back to the foundations and got those so solid at every step before we moved on to the next one. The way this coach just broke every single thing down into a way that just made so much sense to me and into a way that incorporated the foundations whether we were training prelim or Grand Prix so that I could make it make sense for my horse. I just never realized how simple riding could be. I was making the most progress that I'd ever made with this horse who I'd been struggling with for so long and the path forward had just never felt so obvious. This was the experience that solidified who I am as a trainer and it solidified who I am as a coach. Since then, I've been able to take my clients and their horses on the same journey to simplicity and clarity that I went on. So don't tell me that your horse isn't capable or you as a rider aren't capable. Yes, you have to be realistic about your limitations. If you have an older horse, you have to be aware of what they're physically capable of. And if you have a horse that has previous injuries or confirmation problems, you need to be aware of those when you're training. And yeah, sure, every horse isn't going to win an Olympic gold medal. But beyond that, there's not a lot of things you and your horse can't do. You are capable of having a horse who has good rhythm, relaxation, connection, impulsion, straightness and connection in their paces and within every movement that you ride. You are capable of having an awesome position and being really effective with your aid so that your horse can give you quick, accurate responses every single time. You are capable of training your horse any movement that you want to teach them. You are capable of scoring 70% and above consistently on your dressage tests. You are capable of making consistent progress that surpasses your wildest dreams and ending most of your rides feeling like you just had the best ride ever. This is the biggest switch I see in the riders that I work with. They come to me with all of these excuses and baggage, some of which they've come up on their own, but a lot of the time it's things that other people have made them believe about their own limitations and their horse's limitations. 
though we work together, whether it's in person or online, and after a while they start to open themselves up to these new possibilities. They start to see these excuses they've been making as what they are. Excuses. Something that they told themselves to protect them so that they didn't feel bad about the fact that they weren't going to reach their full potential. Because they had absolutely no freaking idea what to do to get through the thing that they were going through. Now I'm not saying you're going to reach your full potential just because you believe you can. That's not how this works. But not making excuses is going to open you up to finding a pathway that will help you unlock your full potential by surrounding yourself with people who inspire you to chase your goals. The reason my clients are so consistently making these epic mindset switches is only partly because I encourage them to dream bigger and mostly because I show them how. I believe that you can achieve anything and train through anything through good training. There is no requirement form that you need to fill out that says you can be um, that to become a good trainer for your horse, you need to go train in Europe or work as a working student or be a certain age or have certain aspirations or anything like that. This, the same as there's no requirement on your dressage test that says you need to have a fancy imported warm blood to score 70%. Do you know what these things do require though? They require a good training strategy that simplifies good foundations. They also require a belief that you've got this. If you're struggling with something, that's not a sign to back off and never do that thing ever again. Just like with Quinter and her rearing problem, it's a sign that you need to be working on that thing even more. Her problems with the contact were only improved when I admitted that they were there and I worked really intentionally on fixing them for every moment of every ride. With her, we started on the ground and we worked on the connection through lunging while working on balancing her weight more on her hind legs through short steps in hand. Then we translated what we were doing on the ground under saddle. The groundwork allowed me to show her exactly how I wanted her to use her body without also having to carry me. So when I got back on, she knew exactly what I wanted from her. I was also able to develop cues that would allow me to ask her to be more supple through the connection so that I could bring her back to me the second she started feeling tense. Step by step, we were able to increase the difficulty of what I asked of her. She still threatened to rear at times, but I had all the tools to deactivate the situation before it got to that point. The easiest way to improve something is by breaking it down into little achievable steps and then just keep building on them. This way you know really specifically what it is you need to work on. Then you can work on it and have a really easy win, then move on to the next small achievable step. Any other way is just too hard and too confusing. The best part is because this approach allows you to be self-sufficient in your training because it actually makes sense. You don't need to rely on having a coach physically standing in the arena with you. Don't get me wrong, in-person lessons are great. I have great clients who I teach in person and they make great progress. But there's some things that are learned better off the horse and learned more quickly off the horse where you're able to fully process all of the information before you try and ask your horse to do it. The clients of mine that make the most progress are the clients that combine in-person lessons with the online courses. So if you want to keep riding around that same old 20 meter circle where, you, where you're nice and cozy in your comfort zone with dreams that feel out of reach, then by all means, keep doing what you're doing. But if you're ready to start making real progress in your riding that you can actually sustain, 
if you want to make if you want that progress to feel so simple that you don't have to rely on having your coach in the arena with you for it to happen if you're ready to take a step out of your comfort zone and into a world where your wildest dressage dreams are in reach then i'm going to leave a link with the ways that we can work together right now in the show notes including my free guide to getting the most out of your ride Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Dressage Connection podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and leave a rating, review, or share a screenshot of this episode to your stories to help more people find their Dressage Connection. You can always reach out to me on Instagram with any questions about anything we've covered on the podcast, your own writing journey, or just to say hi at bc.performancehorses. You can also get the latest info about how you can work with me on my website, bcperformancehorses.com. I can't wait to hang out with you in the next episode, but in the meantime, go on and build that beautiful dressage connection 